This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Welcome to the Simple Man Bible Study Podcast here on Very Bold Radio. I want to make it clear, you're complex. I'm simple. It's not you. It's it's me. I have a simple man question for you. I'm so simple that we've covered questions about cheeseburgers, donuts, desserts, and bodies of water. That's so simple. Today, I don't want to stress you out, but this one is school-related. We use our imagination here on Simple Man, so picture yourself in a challenging class. Is it high school, middle school? Now, listen, for me, I know it's hard for me to pick because even shop class, yes, shop class was a challenge for me, never mind algebra or geometry. But where I'm picturing myself today is in Miss Grant's geometry class, and I can hear her say, okay, class, clear your desk. It's test time, test today. Ag, oh my gosh, stress. All right, we can go down the hall. This is back in West Springfield, Virginia. Go to French class with Monsieur De Carlo. Pop quiz. Oh, snap or oh, le snap. Le snap. I think that's how you say it in French. I'm not sure. Now that I think about it, Monsieur De Carlo probably said pop quiz in French, whatever those words are. And with my French skills, that probably meant I didn't know to stress out until the quiz sat on my desk staring back at me. And it would be staring back at me this this quiz with no no sympathy, but just complete classic French disdain for my no bueno français. No wonder I didn't get an A, I think. Hey, side note, pledge to my dad. I'm finishing up this year my nonfiction, non-spiritual even, humor-ish, not humorist, but humorish book, What Not to Do Life Lessons, which includes some of my high school misadventures. Yes, you, my faithful listener and friend, will be invited to sponsor one of the chapters in the book, which will serve as a fundraiser for Very Bold Ministries. So for all the great things we do, we'll have a few laughs, a few grins, and what not to do, and then you can help support what we're doing. So email me, steve at verybold.com. If that like light switch just went on to let me know if you're interested in this. But back to the test. Ah, get it out. Were you a good test taker? Did you ace those pop quizzes? We will talk about a test today as we watch Jesus at work in this episode 10, Rock the World. But first, a little humor. True, I do find some humor in the Jesus story that we'll cover, but this is some internet funny first. Now, this would be a great place to have a live studio audience for a laugh track. Oh, well, it's okay. I found some of my favorite student answers on school test. Favorite student answers on school test. You may have seen this before, but let's enjoy anyway. For Facebook Live, you'll see these answers from our producer. And for our KSL REM 630 and podcast listeners, just stay tuned. I'm going to read them for you anyway. So some test answers funny. Number one, the test question was, what ended in 1896? And the student wrote 1895. I love that. That's good. Chris is laughing. You can't hear her. Number two. Ah, man, struggled in math in high school. And the uh, 
the assignment is to name the quadrilaterals. So there, if you're listening, there are several different quadrilaterals and the student does not know the answer is I do not either. And so the student wrote under each quadrilateral a different name, named this one Bob, this one Sam, this one Tedison. I don't think I know that name. I don't think that caught on. And Kate. And I love that the student's name, just by the way, if you don't see it, there is hope. Yes, uh, I was hoping a lot in math class too. The next one, where was the American Declaration of Independence signed? And this student said, at the bottom, of course. And this is another good math one, taking me back to Miss Grant. Find X. So I know if you're listening, this is a little bit harder to imagine, but I hated those. Like, find the value of X. And so on the graph, uh, the student circles and points to the X and says, writes on it, here it is. There you go. I like that one a lot, too. All right, and two more. The first cells, this is the question. The first cells were probably blank, and the person wrote in lonely. I like that one, too. And one more, we've got this. Name six animals which live specifically in the Arctic. And the student could not come up with six different animals, so they wrote two polar bears and four seals. Love it. That's six animals, right? I also noticed that they crossed out. They wrote two polar bears, then they started to write three seals, but I don't think they could come up with another animal, so they made it four. All right, I love that. So school tests are one thing, but how about this? How about faith test? How about this? How does Jesus test your faith? And what is a passing grade for that? What is acing that bad boy pop quiz for Jesus? How much faith is Jesus really looking for? So what comes to your mind right now as I ask that question? Maybe this, when Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would move. Okay, I see you. I hear you. But metaphorical mountains are one thing, and I'm totally down for that. But I still haven't seen anyone say to a literal mountain, go chuck yourself in the sea. Go on then. Just go. I haven't seen that happen yet. For this test today. We focus not so much on Simon Peter as we usually try to do because this series is called Rock the World after Simon Peter the Rock, but his introverted brother Andrew. Pretty sure Peter was an extrovert. Pretty sure he had a lot to say. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that he's more extroverted and Andrew seems to be more introverted. For once in this scenario today, it seems that Simon Peter is quiet. No answers this time. That is a unique situation for him. I would just love to roll back the game film and watch this unfold. But as I said last week, I am so grateful for our gospel writer, John. And that's where we're going to be looking at the story today. For he lets us enjoy many others of the team of 12, including Andrew, that we'll look at today. Philip a little bit. Nathaniel. Thomas. Thank you, John. Great job. So here we go. We're going to read some scriptures from John chapter 6. And the first, it starts with this. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. We'll go to the next one. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And here we go. Verse six, he asked this only to test him 
for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Can we just focus on John chapter 6, verse 6 for a moment mentally? Then could we just focus on John chapter 6, verse 6 for an hour or a day or a lifetime? John 6, 6, Jesus asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And we're going to talk for a little bit about this. Jesus was curious about Philip's faith, curious to know Philip's response, but Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. There was a problem. Now, if you believe the motivational speakers of today, it wasn't a problem, but just an opportunity for Jesus. It was a test that he was giving. So let me ask the problem that you're facing today. Do you have your glasses on half empty or half full? Is it an opportunity or a problem? I don't care either way. It's a test that Jesus has for you, or it's your challenge or your situation or your circumstances that aren't what you hope for today. Come on, let's be real. It's less than ideal. You don't have enough, enough resources, enough ideas or enough smarts. Or if you have all those things, you don't have enough time. There's always something that we are lacking. This is a test. It's only a test. John 6, 6. Just hear that again. Jesus already had in mind what he is going to do. So what's your circumstance? And what then in that circumstance is passing the test of faith? What's your faith response look like? Mine is not always pretty, folks. Sometimes it's frustration. Chris has seen that. Other times it's frustration, but enough about me and my less than a mustard seed, microscopic little speck of a seed faith. So I asked Philip, are you going to pass the test? What do you think? We're going to talk for a little bit about this. Can you put yourself in this guy's sandals? I don't know about you, but I'd much rather grade Philip's test than have Philip test mine. Jesus has asked a simple man kind of question. Hey, where are we going to buy enough bread for this crowd? Now, let me remind you, 5,000 men plus women and children. You know, that's like maybe 18,000, maybe 25,000. It's like fill your NBA arena up. No concession stands, no food trucks, no Chick-fil-A catering. Hey, Philip, you're a local. Where's the HEB plus, buddy? Where's the Costco? Where's the Sam's? Where are we going to buy enough bread for these folks to eat? Look, let me tell you guys, I'm a dreamer. I can dream with the best of them. Sometimes my faith is pretty solid. But I haven't witnessed quite the same as Philip has. If I'm Philip, I've seen Jesus do some, man, just some cool stuff. Water to wine. Blind to redefined, redesigned 2020, paralyzed to paradise and shoes, all great stuff. But 18,000 to 20,000 hungry people, maybe, like I said, 25,000. Jesus, come on now. Seriously, you're kidding me, right? Friend, you, brother, sister, listener, tell me in your life, in your faith, that you can relate to some time, some place where you felt Jesus calling you to do something asking you to do something. And you were like, seriously, you're kidding me right now, Jesus, right? I know. I know the feeling several times in my life, several times a day, sometimes right now. I know that feeling, but back to Philip, if I get any treasures in heaven, 
if I do, that's a big if, I'll bet you some of my small prize of treasure that when you and I in heaven go looking for Philip so we can come up next to him and ask him about that day, I feel like he's going to answer that he was smiling when he gives his answer to Jesus that's coming up because it's a ridiculous question. Jesus is being funny, right? But yet he doesn't seem like he's joking. Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? Remember, Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. So if you already have an idea of what you're going to do and you pose a ridiculous, impossible question, did Jesus have a twinkle in his eye or did he deliver that line straight? So, Philip, are you full of faith? A mustard seed even? Just practical, though, logical. You're pragmatic. You're realistic. Let's go to verse 7. This is Philip's answer. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. What's he saying here? He's saying, come on, teacher, half a year's salary. Check your couches for some loose change, Lord. Time to recycle some aluminum, Alpha and Omega. Jesus is looking for some faith to pass the test. How much is it going to take? What do you think? Someone to step up, speak up, and boldly proclaim, Jesus, I believe, do a miracle. How much faith does it take to pass the test? And what's your faith level right now with what you've got going on or not going on? If it's like a fuel gauge on your car, is it towards that E for empty? Or is it a quarter tank, half a tank of faith, three quarters tank? Or are you full of faith right now? Surely this is the part where I think Peter will speak up, right? What do you think? But we go back to the scripture. John chapter 6, verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Let's talk about that. First of all, Andrew is always Simon Peter's brother. That's how he's identified. Even though Andrew was the one who brought Simon to Jesus in the first place, saying, we found the Messiah. But it's Andrew who speaks up plot twist. (laughs) What is Andrew going to say? I don't want to show the scripture yet. What is Andrew going to say? Will he drop the hammer of faith? Will he outdo Peter? Will he show up Philip? Will he impress Jesus? Here comes just some amazing faith to activate what Jesus already had in mind to do. It was right there waiting for someone to pass the test with flying colors. So show us, Andrew, show us some full tank triumphant faith. Show us how it's done. Here we go. Chapter 6, verse 9. Andrew, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? (laughs) What is Andrew thinking? Can you just imagine right now what the other apostles are thinking, the other 11 guys? They've got to be laughing. They should be laughing because what is Andrew thinking? I think it does take some courage to even mention this boy with his sack lunch. Now, I think that uh, it does take faith even to mention it. But please, please notice that his amount of faith, that needle is not pushing F for full. No, please. This is a shoulder shrug of faith. Uh, Jesus, I mean... This kid has five slices of Wonder Bread and a can of tuna, but, uh, you know, that's not going to last long. I don't know. Personally, I don't think Andrew knocked it out of the park. Maybe you disagree. I don't think Andrew killed it. I think he had a small amount of faith. I think he thought, you know what? Who knows? Maybe Jesus will do something today. I don't know what, 
but I'm going to give Jesus the opportunity just in case. I'm going to mention this ridiculous idea because why not? And you know something? Andrew passes the test with flying colors. That little bit of faith was more than enough. Andrew aces it. Andrew, you know something else? You know who else passed the test that day? That little boy. Get a picture in your head. That little boy must have figured the problem, must have realized there was a challenge going on. He must have gone up to Andrew or maybe one of the apostles first and said, excuse me, sir, y'all need some food? I mean, I don't know. That's what it looks like to me. Now, let's see that Andrew's faith once more and read it, but with Jesus' response. Let's see how much time and discussion takes place as Jesus decides if Andrew passes the test. Let's see if Jesus talks it over with Philip. Let's see if Jesus asks for, hey, I need some more faith here. Come on, fellas, work with me. You ever wait a long time for your teacher or professor to grade your test? Well, I got to admit, sometimes I didn't want immediate feedback on those tests, But when I was prepared for that one test, I did want some feedback immediately. So here we go. Again with verse 9, Andrew says, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus immediately says, Have the people sit down. Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. Thank you, John, for that beautiful detail. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Have the people sit down. Not a lot of discussion. Jesus is just ready to go. Now, I want you to know we get that extra detail from Matthew chapter 14, verse 21, that it was 5,000 men, and he adds, not including the women and children. This is also the only miracle, or as John would put it, miraculous sign that is recorded in all four Gospels. So what happens next? Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. I do love that Jesus gives thanks before he even does the miracle. He already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, at that point, he knows exactly what he is going to do. He gives thanks before it's even done. I wonder if Whatever situation we are facing where we are lacking, we are unsure, insecure, unsteady, just not enough. If we might today give thanks to God for what he's about to do, what do you think? It's good to acknowledge and thank Jesus for what he has done. Do you think you could thank him for what he's about to do or do soon or is doing behind the scenes or will do one day? Let's give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus for what you're about to do. I don't quite understand. I can't quite forecast it. It's foggy. I don't quite see it, but I thank you for it. You're doing something. So thank you, Jesus. Back to the scripture. Verse 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. What a picnic party. They all had enough to eat. Gather the leftovers, get the Tupperware out, let nothing be wasted. Twelve baskets full from the five barley loaves left over. We don't have much. We don't have enough. But Jesus provides more than enough. Jesus' answer is better than we can imagine. All it took was a little bit 
of not super impressive faith to pass the test, to activate what Jesus wanted to do in the first place. Now listen, I pray that you see the glory of Jesus, the water turned to wine, the blind man seeing colors, that dead man coming out of the tomb alive. I pray that you see 12 baskets full when you had nothing. I want you to experience that dependence on Jesus when we don't have enough, when we aren't smart enough, when you aren't resourceful enough, when you don't know what to do except to look around and see what you've got and to see Jesus and take what little you've got and hand it over to him and say, man, I know it's not much, but it's yours, Jesus. He already has in mind what he's going to do. Remember that with me, John chapter 6, verse 6. I pray that you experience that power, but then I pray that you don't experience that power and then try to manipulate Jesus, that you trust him when he takes five loaves and two fish and does what he does, but that you trust him when you don't see the abundance when you don't see immediate results or even immediate feedback, that your little faith passes the test when Jesus does say, my grace is enough for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And that, or that our little faith does ace the pop quiz when Jesus doesn't seem to say a word, when it feels like nothing but silence to still know Jesus already has in mind what he's going to do even if it doesn't come in my timing or your timing, even if it doesn't look like I hoped and prayed it would. You know, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about big stories of God and the little stories as well. Today, we saw a big story that comes out of a little story, just a little faith. Maybe that's what God is asking you to do today. Take a little step of faith. What is he calling you to do? Maybe it's not that big. Maybe it's just a little obedience and God's going to take that little and make it big. Maybe God's not asking you to do anything super impressive today. Not much, but more than enough for Jesus. You know that when that happens, when God does do something big, not everybody really gets it, right? You know that some people get so excited about Jesus' power and ability that they do want to twist it, want to use it in an unhealthy way want to harness and control the power of Jesus for themselves. Is that hard to believe? Let's look one more time at our story. Verse 14, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Verse 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Hmm. Jesus won't be forced to be anything but who he is. In the end, it's not about Philip. It's not about the little boy. It's not about Andrew. It's not about the crowd. It's about Jesus, his power, his provision, his compassion, his love. And for our gospel writer, John, of course, it's more. This is a sign a symbol on a couple of levels. One is that Jesus has performed a miracle that seems similar to Moses' miracle of manna in the, in the desert. But then Jesus himself says, I'm not giving bread from heaven. I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life. 
I want you to experience his abundance. Jesus already has in mind what he's going to do with what little you have to offer. Give it to him. Give what little you've got. Get out of the way and let Jesus get creative with his solutions. Give him some space. And while you're at it, give him thanks for what he's about to do. Also, be careful not to try to manipulate Jesus or control him. He is God and you are not. And give him thanks, finally, because you've come to him, not for Wonder Bread or Texas Toast or Hawaiian Bread, but you've come to Jesus, the bread of eternal life. You come to him and you have eternal life. Jesus is the bread of life. No matter what his answer today, no matter what it is, he already has in mind that you'll be in paradise with him. He already has in mind that you are forgiven of everything you've done wrong and will do wrong. He already has in mind that he has put his Holy Spirit inside of you. So come to him, believe, receive. You are a child of God. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Steve Teal for Very Bold Ministries. You can email me, steve at verybold.com. I'd love to hear from you. Brother and sister, realize this hope. Recognize this love, this eternal life. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.